everyone, welcome to Soundwaves, where we will be getting powerful stories out of amazing creative minds in an honest and open interview, and most of all, get to learn why these people do what they do. Let's say you are a world-famous legendary DJ and you use your voice to stand up for what you believe is something so important everyone should hear about. Using your voice to inspire others is such a powerful thing to do. This is what Danny Howells is doing, and I'm very much looking forward to speaking with him today and giving you an insight in his mind so we can all learn from him. Danny was born in the UK and has an amazing career in the electronic music industry. He's been around for over three decades and chanting people with his amazing DJ sets and warm personality. His mixes have also made waves on the world-famous Essential Mix on BBC Radio, and it's not just as a DJ where Danny has made a name for himself. He's also an accomplished producer and remixer. On the remix front, Danny and his studio partner back then have remixed Madonna, Destiny's Child, and Robbie Williams, and he's probably going to hate me for mentioning all of this. <laughs> he has delivered outstanding albums, of which... Global Underground Miami from 2005 is definitely my personal favorite. I've listened to that album so much. I have known Danny for many years. It started by me, the younger version of myself, on the dance floor, wherever he was playing, enjoying his music and listening to his albums. And later on, when I became a professional in the music industry myself, I interviewed him and even had a chance to play with him at the same events with him a few times. I'm very happy and honored Danny said yes to my invitation for this new project, Soundwaves, as I believe he has such a vibrant energy as a person and a very strong message to share with us. Welcome, Danny. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You've been such, such a big intro. I'm really scared I'm going to let you down now. You will not. This is also, I told you before, I'm very picky in my choices and you were definitely in my in my top three of people to ask first oh. maybe even my top one <laughs> honestly right. um don't let, other, don't let your other guests hear that otherwise they'll be upset <laughs> they won't be because i didn't make a list of 100 people yet you know i'm just starting up and I, the first person to, that came to mind was you um I think we met in 2004, I believe. It was at Extrema Outdoor, a festival in the Netherlands. Yeah. So I've known you for many years and you never let me down. You are just such a warm personality. And I think everybody that knows you personally says the same about you. Um, yeah. Back then, I wouldn't have known that we would have, have uh, would be having this talk today. So I want to thank you again um, for being on this podcast, as there is not even an episode online. You just said yes. Well, I know you, and I've known you for a very, very long time, and I know what work you do, and I know you, the, you, you follow you on social media, and I see your messages, and I see what you do. So obviously, it was a no-brainer for me, really. Hmm. No, we go back a very, very long way as well. But it also takes guts. It's a very powerful thing that you do, especially working in the music industry, because everyone creates a certain image of themselves. And that's actually uh, one of the main reasons why I started this podcast after so many interviews over the years. I really wanted to bring out these different aspects of the people I'm interviewing, the more profound stories. And you are doing that also on your social media. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we just had a little a talk already before we start recording. Uh, we are in strange times. We are in lockdown. You are in the UK. I'm in the Netherlands. And the corona crisis is hitting us hard, especially, you know, 
everybody, but the music industry is definitely also uh, in a bad place right now. So how is it affecting you? Well, in every way imaginable, really. I mean, obviously, <sighs> the two things that I do in my life, um, obviously my music, DJing, and my animal rights activism, and it's hit both of them. You know, it's just basically mm. pulled it, pulled them both away from me completely. Um, but on a personal level, I think this, I mean, there's so much going around right now, and it's so much... Um, you can look so deeply into why we're in the middle of this, how it started and, oh, you know, all the different theories and all this kind of thing that are, that are flying around. And I think you can really sort of make yourself go a little bit kind of crazy by overanalyzing it all. I think what we have to focus on right now is the fact that we are in the middle of this, but we do want to get out of it. We, mm. And we want to protect ourselves and our friends and everybody around us. So I think at the moment, I think I'm just sort of complying with what we are, you know, being asked to comply with, which is obviously keep as safe as possible and keep our distance and, and going out only when we need to and going out for exercise, this kind of thing. Um, and, and just sort of trying to be hopeful. I mean, in terms of like music and events and this kind of thing, I think this is going to be the very, very, very last thing that will be Re, um, in, reinstated I think mm -hmm. you see a very gradual reintroduction of, of different things you know like you'll see like shops start to reopen with very limited numbers and then you'll start to see restaurants open with limited capacity and then I think at the very very end of that once we're completely sure that you know that we've really sort of beaten it or as much as we can at that time then you'll start to see clubs and festivals reopen and I think I'm not being I don't think I'm being pessimistic I think I'm being realistic about this I think mm -hmm. it's a long long time before before things get back to normal or if they get back to normal I mean if you look at where we're at right now where we're having to keep you know six feet or two meters away from everybody else at what point are we suddenly going to say right it's okay to have 130,000 people at Glastonbury or it's, it's okay to have 500 people in a, a rock venue in Camden or something like this you know all jumping on top of each other I can't yeah. see how it's going to get back to that and I'm wondering maybe like with music venues whether it's going to be like okay we're going to we're going to reopen Hammersmith Apollo but it's only going to be a capacity of 500 people and you're all going to be sat I don't know if, I don't know I don't know what the future holds for clubbing or festivals but it's a very 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 crazy time and I think I think for me personally I think for people that I know even though um you know we could be looking at a long long time before we work again or or see family friends this kind of thing focusing on the positives you know health do we have a roof over our heads you know have, do we have roofs over our heads uh, this kind of thing and focusing on the positives that are there because you know at the end of the day apart from a very small amount of people it's hit everybody you know yeah. careers completely across the board and people have had their entire lives wiped out overnight so I think focusing on the positives that are out there right now and 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 being constructive and finding ways to adapt to mm -hmm. the new lifestyle which could be here indefinitely are you also afraid or scared about how will it affect your, the music industry or are you not focusing on that at all? Yeah, of course I am. I think it's a real tragedy and I think it's, um, in some ways, there are some things that are coming out of this crisis that I think will have a positive impact. And I really hope this positive impact will be, you know, not just in the immediate aftermath I think you know like long term I think there'll be some positives that come out of this in 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 the way that we we the way that we are the way that we look at things the way we do things this kind of thing and the values that we have I think a lot of these things will be changed afterwards I think you're going to see a lot of creativity come out of it you'll see a lot of 
faces disappear and I think you'll also see a lot of new faces come through as well so I think it's going to be maybe in some ways like a kind of back to back to square one in a way you know things actually work up you know build from the build from scratch we can come to it later on but my DJ career has slowed down a lot over the last few years and I think there's many reasons for that I think one I think you you kind of have a natural lifespan anyway b I've put a lot more effort into my animal rights activism which is kind of it's kind of meant that I can't work every weekend anyway. I mean, I'm organising different events in London. I have to be at certain events in London, which means I can't work that weekend. So mm. I've seen an, a slowing down of my life in terms of like career. But at the mm. same time, it was still relentless. There was never a day where I would wake up and go, I can just do exactly what I want to do today. It was always kind of like, oh, OK, I've got to do this, that, that, that and that. Looking at now, looking at the pace of life and actually enjoying the, each day and, and waking up and looking forward to each day rather than feeling, you know, oh, no, I have to do that. Oh, I'm late for that. Oh, that's that's delayed. Or there's, you know, I haven't got that paperwork sent over yet or anything like that. It's kind of a different kind of lifestyle where really sort of like trying to make the most of it and I feel very fortunate as well in that you know I think there's so many people around the world that have just had their lives destroyed and Mm. like that you know it's like my career might have been destroyed but my life isn't destroyed you know my life will still go on and my family is still healthy and this kind of thing and I've got my health. Thanks for sharing Danny thanks for sharing Uh, we got a little glimpse of your life right now in lockdown and um, as I mentioned before I was thinking that you actually said yes to my request for interviewing you for this podcast while normally people wait to see you know other big names to join first and it made me think about why you were so certain and willing to do this uh, besides knowing me and I came up with the answer like, you know, Danny has a message which is not just about him, but about a greater cause. You already mentioned it. It's You also are uh, an animal activist. So I would like to dive into that subject with you right now. Can you, you know, share with us when this all started? It wasn't for me one trigger. It wasn't one single triggering episode. It was a number of different things that got me to this, to where I am now. And I think... I mean, I can reel off a couple of things for you, but, you know, there was one time that I was out driving with my um, my ex-girlfriend many years ago and my car broke down because I used to always drive such shit cars and it broke down next to a field. And I remember we got out waiting for the emergency, you know, um, um, services, AA, to come um, and get my car started. And we got out of the car and we, there was a field next to us and there was a, there was a sheep. And we were sort of like cuddling the sheep um through the fence and going oh well oh, you know and having such an amazing time and then it kind of clicked with me kind of thinking well it's weird because you know this creature is in front of me and actually absolutely, absolutely beautiful and all I want to do is give him or her a massive cuddle and yet maybe last night or the night before this animal would have been on my plate and I, that was one thing that got me thinking and then I think another time um I remember vividly, I remember I was flying home from um, Argentina and I got upgraded on Air France and they gave us the meal and I chose steak. I remember cutting into it and um, all this blood came out and I was like really, really, really sickened. I was like, oh, that's disgusting. And I remember giving it back and saying, I can't eat that. It really got me thinking. I was kind of thinking, well, if this, what is on my plate actually resembles what it is, which is an animal, why am I so disgusted why 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 am I refusing to eat it there's a lot of things that kind of got me sort of uh, you know thinking along those lines but I remember vividly seeing one video there's a video of fur farming 
And I remember seeing a, um, a video of an animal being skinned alive. And it's very, very old video, but very, very famous clip. It really affected me so heavily. And even though we don't have fur farming in the UK, we still sell fur. But it, but it just made me think a lot about this relationship that we have with animals, why we feel that we can... What gives us the right to exploit, to to abuse, to mutilate, to to, to treat them just as simple commodities like an iPhone or a, or a tin of baked beans? So that got me really thinking. I think after that, after the incident when I flew home from Air France and I was horrified by that blood on my plate, I came home and I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to stop eating animals. And I, I did, I carried on eating fish for a while, but I stopped eating animals. But when I did that, I started to question, well, why am I still eating fish? And I started to look into um, fishing and then suddenly sort of look, looking at like fish suffocating as they're being pulled out of the ocean, this kind of thing. And okay, right, I'm going to go vegetarian. And then for, for, for a while, I was thinking, OK, that's fine. And then I started, as you do, started to research dairy industries, started to research the egg industry and started to see that all of these things that I'd been taught just by society and by the media and all the things that we're taught, you know, like humane, um, ethical, free range, high welfare, all these things that I've been taught all my life just didn't exist. And no matter how you try and find some sort of justification for what we were doing to these animals, none of it was ever, ever humane or what I considered humane, whether it's egg, whether it's uh, wool, leather, whether it's uh, milk, meat, you name it. I just couldn't find any justification. I found that if I was still consuming egg or if I was still consuming dairy, I was feeling very, very guilty about it. Um, so I thought, OK, right, I'm going to switch to plant based. And then I went fully vegan. There's no such thing as a perfect lifestyle. You're still going to no matter what you do, you, you cannot live a perfect lifestyle. But I knew at that particular time that I was causing the least amount of harm to others that I could possibly be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt so much better in myself and I felt amazing. And I think that when you feel like that, you want to tell the world about it. It's like music. If you hear an amazing album or you hear discover an amazing band, you want to tell the world about it. It was so amazing. And I, I was like, well, is just being vegan enough? I was thinking, well, I should be doing more, really. And I started to get involved with online stuff, you know, arguing with people online, having massive fights and then being blocked and people calling me every single name under the sun. I was kind of like, this isn't really good. This is is not great. This is like it's it's making me feel really bad. So I thought, well, maybe let's go and do actual activism. Let's get out on the streets and and see how that works. So I remember vividly it was um, middle of February in 2017 where I saw on Facebook that um, somebody that I was friends with was having a, a, a fur demo outside Harvey Nichols. And then mm. later on that day, there was a, um, another fur, fur demo um, in Portobello Market. And so I joined them. And I was very, very nervous. And I hadn't chanted before. And I've always been very, very scared. I'm not like you. I'm very, very bad at sort of public speaking or anything with my voice. <laughs> and I was very nervous. But I went along and I joined in. And I was kind of like, well, it's better to take part and not be amazing than not take part at all so that was it basically I think a few weeks after that I went to my first ever vigil and a vigil is where you attend a slaughterhouse and you witness the trucks coming and you you stop the truck for maybe Mm. minutes you get some footage of the animals and you share this footage um online you say goodbye to the animals as well and you you know you sort of have a little way of sort of showing some respect to them 
um, before they're taken inside to be slaughtered. We share this footage online and, it, you know, it helps people to sort of kind of make the connection um, between, you know, like the animals that they're beating on their plate yeah. and, and what they really are, which is like beautiful, sentient creatures that have the ability to feel fear, to feel joy, to, to create mm. bonds, relationships. So that was what I did soon after that. And I think just things just gradually, one thing led to another. And then I ended up sort of like taking on a couple of events that um, other people had sort of stopped organising and, and just really just finding as much time as, in as much, in as many ways as possible to, to be creative within animal rights in order to, to spread the message and to, and to try and help the animals and to try and, to try and make the world a better place um, for them. Because really at the end of the day, it couldn't be, it couldn't be any worse. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how I got to where I am right now. And obviously what I'm doing, doing a bunch of different things right now within that and trying to balance trying to balance that with the music and at the moment yeah been balancing it okay i think hopefully well this this story and i knew this already because you do what you do you definitely found your mission your purpose in life this is bigger than yourself and what i think is so powerful about this and so strong is you being such a warm-hearted person and a DJ that a lot of people look up to, you have the guts to be to make yourself actually less popular because a lot of people would um, they don't want to look at the videos that you post are horrific. You know, people tend to look away from things that they that are horrible that they don't want to to look at. And you are definitely making this a bigger cause and your message bigger than yourself because you're like this is happening and I cannot look away anymore you know like you said just by uh, becoming vegan it wasn't enough because I wasn't educating other people I wasn't telling the world why I actually became vegan and I think people should know about this what is happening when I first started getting involved in activism I would just share everything and I'm like you know and I was quite angry I was, I was quite kind of like um you go through sort of like an angry phase and it's like, you don't have to, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just you, you, the way you sort of word things, it comes across as angry. Now I'm kind of a lot more kind of like relaxed in the sense that I don't feel I need to be posting the most graphic stuff. I feel like I can do more with kind of just words or I think if you post the really graphic stuff, then people are just going to mute you or they're going to stop following you. And it's like, well, yeah. I, I'm trying to find a sort of balance to it where I can sort of like share stuff that isn't going to make people, you know, I don't want to, people to sort of unfollow me as a result of that and not mm. I need followers it's just because I want people to sort of keep continue to see these messages but I think the, the, the most important thing is it is difficult for all of us to see that then the question emerges if it's difficult for us to look at because I don't really sort of go out my way if, if you've got like some guy in uh, London who's been filmed beating up his dog I don't see how that me, me sharing that is not going to benefit the animals overall that is not going to achieve help achieve what i want to achieve which is total animal liberation mm. what i will share is the standard practices that are there within the the food industries within meat within the egg dairy just the basic standard practices and i think mm. if that is showing us if, if that is making us feel uncomfortable or making us upset or making us want to look away then the question is why are we still paying for it? And I think that's the try and that's the point I try and get across. It's like I'm I'm showing you what happens in every single dairy farm across the world, what in what happens in every single egg production facility. It doesn't matter where you are, if you take egg for example, 
male chicks are always going to be discarded at one day old because they are a byproduct of the egg industry. You know, egg, males don't lay eggs. So mm. this is something that people don't talk about, but the, the males will always be destroyed. And whether that's by being ground up alive or be, by being placed into huge um, plastic bags and then suffocated, that is standard practice. So I'll share things like that. And if it makes people like upset, then that's the, you should, you should be upset because this yeah. is horrific. You know, we, if you had a bag, a giant bag full of cats and you let that those cats suffocate, then people would be out on the streets rioting and rightly so, you know, absolutely rightly so. We don't acknowledge it. You know, we don't, we don't question these things. We just let it all take place. And it's, you know, and I think you were right. Yeah. It should upset us. And, and it should make us think, well, why, if it's, if it's, if it's upsetting me, if it's no good for my eyes, then why is it good enough for my stomach? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think, um, like you say, I think as well at the same time, it does make you less popular because you're going, you're, you're, you're going against what ninety nine point nine percent of the population mm. pay for and and don't want to be challenged anywhere at all. Um, even though avoiding these products is actually a very very easy thing to do, it's, it still challenges a lot of people. It challenges what people have always been taught is normal. Yeah acceptable is is moral is is traditional is you know all, all these kind of things you're going against a lot of basically you know common belief is that right mm. but yeah mm. you, are, you are but it's like the, the other alternative is to sort of keep you know be quiet about it but then I just couldn't live with myself you know I just couldn't do that mm. yeah what, what is your ultimate goal in this what what is your dream My dream is something that I won't see in my lifetime, but I want total animal liberation. I want us to see, to end this system, this society where we see animals, some animals. When I talk about some animals, we're talking about speciesism. And this is the, this is the belief system that enables us to see certain animals as those that we should protect and and care for and love you know i'm talking about dogs and cats and and we also look at like sort of like for example lions and and rhinos we we treat some animals in certain ways you know cats and dogs we absolutely cherish them at the same time we kill pigs chickens fish put them through the, the most atrocious processes mutilations abuse because we see these animals as commodities and it's that's what i want to see is the end of the commodification for us Mm -hmm. to see animals for what they really are and not to see them as commodities which is what i talked about earlier you know we we give the same amount of respect to a chicken as we would a a tin of beans what we do to these animals it just doesn't i just can't get my head around it so i'd like Mm -hmm. to into that you know have you know to 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 end animal exploitation which is something like you know it's not something that's going to happen overnight it's not something that's going to happen in my lifetime or my, or my grandchildren's I'm not going to have children but in my grandchildren or even their children's lifetime but that is what I want I don't believe in if you if you're fighting against um if you're fighting for something I don't believe in half measures if you're fighting against some form of injustice mm-hmm. I don't you're You're like, oh, I want to see a little bit less of that. You, you don't. You, you want to see the end of it. What's the point of sort of saying, oh, I'd like to see a reduction in racism? No, no, you want to end it. And that's what I want to end as well. This is this is definitely your why in life. I mean, you're probably not gonna, you know, see that before the end of your, your life. But 
let's say Martin Luther King also knew that racism wouldn't stop before he would die, you know, yeah. but we, we need great leaders. We need influencers. We need people that have the guts like you to, to, to educate people. Even if it's not now, maybe in 10 years from now, they're like, you know what? Mr. Howells was actually right. I think we get older. I think I got, you know, I'm obviously a lot older now than when I first sort of emerged and became sort of, uh, into the public consciousness and I think as you do get older you do sort of do things differently and I think you I think for me personally I look as well I look at my life and look at how kind of like privileged I've been and how lucky I've been to have had a career in music something that is I was from the very day my earliest memories are of music you know my family and, and their record collections and me destroying their record collections because I was obsessed with the fact that you could get music from a disc or you know or from the radio and this kind of thing and so to, to have had a, a career, not everyone can do that. You know, you can be the most talented person in the world, but you can still spend your entire life struggling and, and never being heard. So I've had that and I've been so, so lucky. I think you start to evaluate, you know, what you've what you've achieved and what you've what you've done. And, and, you, and I look back at what I've done. I realise that, you know, being a, being an international DJ is not. You know, your your impact on the world is is bad. You I mean obviously you make people happy with the music that you play and, and mm. people that are dancing, but you're your impact on the on the planet is 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 huge. I mean, you know, you're jetting around the world constantly, blah blah blah, this kind of thing. And I think it's a stage where you think, well, maybe I need to like change the way I, I do things a bit. And 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 like I said before, you know, feeling uncomfortable with certain aspects of my life and and feel I should be doing something. And I think mm. a lot of people, I see a lot of people, you know, in in music and outside of music, as, as they get older, they do start to gravitate more to you know, to, to things where I think they feel that they just have a voice and, that, and they feel comfortable in that particular area. I mean, it's just been a natural progression for me and in exactly the same way as my music career was as well. I didn't ever set out to be a, a full-time professional DJ and producer. I just naturally gravitated to it. And it's mm -hmm. the, same, the same thing that's happened to me with animal rights as well. How does this influence your personal life? What did what did or do you have to go through to get where you are right now as an animal activist? It's very weird in a way. I mean, when I first, I think going vegan, I didn't find it challenging. I found, you know, like in terms of like food, in terms of things like clothing, in terms of things like toiletries, that kind of thing. It was kind of like a more of a exploration in a way it's kind of like discovering that oh i can go to a super drug and i can buy a deodorant for 99p that hasn't been tested on animals i can mm. go to, you know all these kind of things. it was very exciting it does put pressure initially on your life in terms of your family in terms of your friends because like i said before you do go for like an angry phase and then suddenly you you suddenly think well none of my family are going vegan my friends aren't going vegan you go through this kind of phase where it's uncomfortable I think I went through a little period where I was kind of judging people, but then I suddenly started to realise, well, what, how can I be judging people for something that I've done for, you know, like the bulk of my life? I can't. Yeah. Yeah, that would be completely mm. hypocritical of me. So then you find ways of adapting. And I think that, you know, like, for example, if you take my family, it does put a pressure on certain things like, um, for example, like family events, you know, like things like Christmas and this kind of thing, mm. uh, because my very presence will kind of make them feel a bit uncomfortable. They won't always acknowledge that, but it will make them feel a bit uncomfortable because, you know, if they're going to be sitting around and they've got like three different animals on their plate and they're going to be thinking, oh, he's looking at me or he's judging me, that kind of thing, then it does kind of put a little bit of pressure on those kind of situations. It, there's a lot of changes that take place in that area, but you adapt. I mean, I feel right now, I feel closer to my family or I feel like I'm closer to a lot of people 
Burn. I was previously actually, and we talk about these things now. And I think mm. before, you know, in the first couple of years, it's like, oh, it's another phase. Oh, he'll grow out of it. Oh, oh, hopefully mm-hmm. you know, he'll go back to eating animals again. And it's once I think when people realise that that's not the case, then you know the dialogue then emerges, and you start to discuss and and. But yeah, it changes your whole landscape in terms of friends and family, but I think mm. better as well. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dania, I saw two links on your social media, and I'm curious what you can tell us about it. It's uh, a documentary, uh, Land of Hope and Glory, The Hidden Truth Behind UK Animal Farming. And I saw a vegan kit. It's a vegan starter kit, which I thought was absolutely brilliant for people that have no idea yet uh, what to do when they want to become vegan. Could you tell us a little bit why you have these two links on your social media? I just feel these are things that people should see. And I think if you've got like constructive questions or you want any advice or you want help, then message me. And I think having these two links there as well is also kind of backs that up. If you mm-hmm. have you can start a kit. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I can give you a million links, um, but it's, that's, that's a, a great introduction. It kind of like answers pretty much every question you could possibly have. And I think mm-hmm. it probably debunks, you know, if you've, if someone said to you, oh yeah, but if you go vegan, then this will happen or this will happen. It kind of debunks all those myths as well. So I think you can sort of find every answer to every question about nutrition, about the ethics, about the environment, all this kind of thing. It's a really, really great place to, to start. And I think mm-hmm. Land of Hope and Glory, um, it was made a couple of years ago, and I think it's really important to watch that. It's a, it's a documentary that was released onto YouTube, and it basically covers all UK farming practices. So it doesn't cover anything that happens outside of the UK. So, for example, it doesn't cover things like foie gras, or it doesn't cover um, fur farming, or things like that. It covers uk practices and it covers standard legal practices so it shows what happens in um, the dairy industry it shows what happens in uh, the meat industry um, it shows what happens to chickens to sheep and it's very sort of concise it's very to the point and it doesn't it doesn't i mean it's, it's graphic um but then obviously these practices are graphic you know they're killing animals it is going to be graphic but it doesn't go overboard for the sake of being overboard it's kind of more factual it's presented in a way that's kind of like very easy to sort of take on board it explains very simply and very clearly about um the the the, the, the conditions that and animals are naturally kept in on on free range farms on high welfare farms on red tractor rspca assured you know um accredited mm-hmm. uh, farms this kind of thing so i think it's very very important for people to see those i think um mm-hmm. You know, if people are paying paying for these industries to do these things, then I think people should know what they're paying for. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about telling everybody become vegan. Maybe that's a dream, but it's like please educate yourself. And I think people are becoming more and more conscious actually about the stuff that they do. Some of the things that have had the biggest impact on me are the things that don't show blood. I said to you earlier about not seeing animals as being commodities, as being products, but as being individuals. You know, and I think looking at an animal in the eye, having that connection with an animal and thinking, well, then I think you start to sort of realise that we the system that we have in place Mm. that allows us to exploit, mutilate, kill, enslave, torture these animals in their... Well, it's trillions. I mean, it's 56 billion land animals every year but it's Mm. when you you get to fish it becomes the trillions because of all the bycatch and all this kind of thing so you know this system that enables us to uh, that allows us to legally 
commit these atrocities you start to question that and i think it can be something as simple as looking at the animal in the eye as, as making that connection and and being told about the practices i mean i don't think you always mm. sort of show somebody you don't, i don't need to show you um footage of a a newborn calf being killed or being taken away from his mother um but i can explain to you i think you can use words as well to explain what these processes uh, these practices entail and it will have that impact on people. Mm. I mean, people message you and say, oh, yeah, but I've gone vegan as a result, or I'm trying to go vegan, blah, blah, blah. But it's more the fact that people come to me all the time with, with questions. And I really, really love that. And I find that I, I seem to sort of see it more when I travel. When I'm going to a place like Argentina, um, where you've got this culture which is very heavily built on eating animal products. Yes. The amount of questions that I get there and people that want to engage and because and, they, I think they, I think people can probably tell from my social media and the way I, the way I talk online is that I'm not, I'm not coming down on people. I'm not, I'm not like, no. I'm not coming down really heavy on people because I used to do it myself. You know, yes. I never forget the fact that I spent most of my life doing the same things now that I'm, I'm trying to fight against. I think people feel that I'm quite approachable and I really appreciate that because when I do travel, I find that, so much of the time people come up to me in clubs or they come up to me and people that drive you from the airport, they drive, you know, the, 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 the people that take you out, you know, show you around the city, this kind of thing. They're asking these questions. They say, oh, I saw this on your Instagram or I've even, you know, some people that I've, I've met and they've actually sort of screen grabbed entire stories that I've done on the egg industry and things like this. So I'm like, oh, that's absolutely amazing that you've actually taken the time to, to save it to your phone. And I yeah. love that. They, you know, that's what I really want. It's like, you know, people to ask me questions or people oh, I, I saw this on your Instagram, but I don't think we do that over here. And I can say, well, I really hate to put it to you, but yeah, it does. This is happening all over the world. And yeah, yeah. that conversation, that's the most important thing and having that dialogue, you know. And, and Definitely. Yeah. It's not about judging others. It's, I mean, like you said, culture is also a big influence on people's lives. So it's not about judging at all. It's, it's about starting a conversation. Right. Absolutely. That's actually my last question to you. Because this is called sound waves, you can start a wave right now with this conversation. Which wave would you like to start? Well, it's really, I, I did look briefly at your question when you, when you like gave me the questions before. And I, I didn't really, I said to you, I'm not going to really, I'm not going to go by your questions because I prefer to, I prefer to just be led by conversation. But if mm -hmm. I start a wave, I mean, I really, I really don't know. I mean, I'd like to start a wave of kind of awareness, people to, to look into what they're doing, looking into a wave of kind of looking into how our act, actions um, the the consequences that our actions have, um, the impact that our existence has, and to look at how we can reduce the harm that we cause to our fellow humans, our fellow non-humans, our planet, because we all have to share this planet. I think we should, you know, having a, a wave of awareness where we try to do as little harm. It's basically try and leave this place better than as it was when we came into it, I think. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, did you like being on the podcast, Danny? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I love it. I love, I love things like this. It's just a lovely conversation where I, I think you can tell if I'm enjoying something um, because I start to ramble and I start to get a little bit kind of you, you to the stage where you can't really shut me up. That means I'm enjoying it. That means I'm enjoying it. If I'm not enjoying it, then I'll give you like three word answers. You know, you know, this conversation would have been finished an hour ago. <laughs> Thank you yeah, so much. Right. As I started this entire podcast episode with you is about the people that know you know that you are such a kind, warm-hearted, 
pure person and you will never do anything to judge other people. You're just doing everything in your power to just educate other people to become more aware of what's happening around them. And this is actually something that people have to thank you for. I'm not doing it for that. I don't, I mean, I've, you said before, I think we, that you said before is kind of, you, you, you're going against sort of popular opinion uh, so that i'm not looking for any thanks or anything like that but i think that like you say just if we can get the message out there and inspire conversation that kind of thing then that's kind of you know that's 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 the most important thing absolutely thank you so much danny hopefully in the future we can talk again yeah absolutely. and thank you so much for trusting me again uh for saying yes to my invitation i hope i can see you in real life again soon when the corona yeah. crisis is over I'm, I'm absolutely sure we will i mean I'm, i don't think it's going to be this year but i think you know hopefully as soon as things start to get a bit more back to normal then hopefully i will see you soon definitely yeah then we'll do a, a dance i will i will come dance on your music and we'll have a nice vegan dinner together absolutely right. <laughs> for the listeners thank you for listening to Soundwaves. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard and if it was valuable for you you can find this podcast on spotify google play and apple podcasts or follow me on my youtube channel or instagram Soundwaves the podcast 